0: In the name of Allah, the most beneficent, the most merciful, I testify that there is no true God worthy of worship except Allah, and that Muhammad is Allah's true slave and messenger. We continue the explanation on the description of the Salah. And if he was praying the third rak'ah prayers, or a fourth rak'ah prayers, we know the third rak'ah is the Maghrib, and we know the fourth rak'ah is Dhuhr, Asr and Isha. So, after the first tashahud, after the first tashahud, and this is what we explained earlier, then <coughs> if he is praying a three rak'ah salah, or a four rak'ah salah, then he stands up, making takbir, saying Allahu akbar this is after the first tashahud. this is after the first tashahud. he stands up with takbir and he also raises his hands because this is what is authentically reported from Ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhuma Then he continues the salah by reciting the Fatiha Now he should not make takbirat ihram for example here no nor should he make an opening du'a Remember nor he should make ta'awudh like saying a'udhu billahi minash الشيطان الرجيم nor should he renew the intention sufficient for him to recite the Fatiha sufficient for him to recite the Fatiha and that this should not be loud this should be silent even if he is praying the Jahriya Salah, the loud prayer these two rakah he recites the Fatiha in them silently. Is that clear so far? Can he add additional surah to the Fatiha? Can he add additional surah to the Fatiha in these salat, in these raka'ahs? In one narration, in one narration, from the hadith of Abi Qatada, he mentioned that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم recited in these last rakaz the Fatiha only. The Fatiha only. However, in the hadith of Abi Sa'id al-Khudri, there is indication that he recited other than the Fatiha. Because in the hadith of Abi Sa'id رضي Ta'ala anhu, he mentioned that the Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم used to pray in the first rak'az with surah and in the last he used to recite half of that some of the ulama give gave preponderance to the hadith of abi qatada because it is agreed upon and the hadith of abi sa'id is in sahih muslim and because the hadith of abi qatada there was a firm statement by the narrator when he said بفاتحة الكتاب فقط he recited the fatiha only however in the hadith of Abi Sa'id the narration says qiyamahu قِيَامَهُ أي wa qaddarna we guessed his qiyam how long it takes and there is a determination there is a difference between firm determination and between guessing. So they guessed. In the hadith of Abi Sa'id, the companions guessed, and from their guessing, they concluded that he وسلم, uh, recited other than the Fatihah as well in the last two rakahs. So this is a preponderance for the hadith of Abi Qatada. However, there is a possibility of reconciliating the two narrations. So It is to be said that the Messenger وسلم used to do this sometimes as indicated by the hadith of Abi Sa'id. And sometimes he did not do, did not add additional surah to the Fatiha in the last two rak'ah as mentioned by the hadith of Abi Qatada, Because the salah is not the same one. For us to conclude that there is opposition Between, between the two narrations And the Prophet ﷺ, Every day he makes five, day, five daily prayers And therefore if we are able to reconcile Then we must refer to the reconciliating Of the two narrations Before we say that they are That one of them is abrogating the other Or before we resort to preponderance إذا أمكن الجمع قَبْلَ أن نَقُولَ بالنسخ أو بالترجيح. If it is possible to reconcile two narrations Then one must resort to reconciliation Before concluding that one is abrogating the other Or resorting to preponderance So therefore it can be said That the Messenger ﷺ therefore in conclusion Sometimes in his prayers he recited additional surah to the Fatiha in the last two rak'ah and sometimes he didn't. Is this now clear inshallah? Ta'ib. Alhamdulillah. Then after the two rak'ah <coughs> يجلس في تشهده الأخير متورك Then he sits in his final Tashahud <coughs> in a Tawarruk. Posture in a tawarruk posture. How is this? يخرج الرجلا اليسرى من الجانب الأيمن مفروشة ويجلس على مقعده على الأرض وتكون الرجل اليمنى منصوبة وهذه إحدى صفات Tawarruk He would sit with his left foot. Pushed, he pushes his left foot forward and sits on his buttock, keeping the other foot upright. This is one way of the manner of Tawarruk. So he keeps the foot propped up and sits over his buttocks with the left foot pushed to the right side. Another way, another manner, يفرش القدمين The other way is to lap. Both on the ground. Lay them, lay them both on the ground. Both feet on the ground. And protruding from the right side. Protruding from the right side. They both on the ground, protruding from the right side. The third is يَفْرُشْ أَلْيُمْنَى وَيُدْخِلِ الْيُسْرَى بَيْنَ فَخِذِي وَسَاقِ الرِّجْلِ الْيُمْنَى The left foot under his right thigh and chin with the right foot laid along the ground. The left foot under his right thigh and chin and chin with the right foot laid along the ground. Left foot under his right thigh and shin with the right foot laid along the ground. All of these manners were reported. Yes, not chin. it is shin. Yeah. All of these came reported from the Prophet والسلام, in describing uh, the posture of Tawarruk at the end of Salah when sitting for Tashahud. So therefore, what's the ruling therefore? The ruling is, the person does this form sometimes, and then the other, other times. This is based upon the great principle that worships that are of different types the person should do them in accordance with all of these different types so sometimes he does this type then the other and this is there in this we have mentioned many benefits from this including this diversification is very very important concerning many worships which are done in different Manners because the, in this way in this way, this is better in following the sunnah in this way he will be doing the entire forms of the sunnah of the worship itself, secondly, the second benefit from this is in this manner, if it is done. With these various ways then there is a preservation of sharia in in all of its forms thirdly this is better in terms of making the heart present what does this mean because if the person sticks to one manner then this becomes like a habit then this becomes like a habit but if he diversifies and brings all the forms of the worship then in this case this is better in bringing the presence of the heart. Also, from the benefits is making it easy upon the worshiper. Take for example, this is evident in the remembrances after salah. Some of the ways include 33, subhanallah, 33, alhamdulillah, 33, Allahu Akbar Other, Another form is to do it 10 times Subhanallah 10 times Alhamdulillah 10 times Allahu Akbar So at certain times the person may need This easy remembrance So there will be an ease for the worshiper Also from the benefits is bringing activity to the worshipper, activates him, so that it doesn't become boring. And the ulama mentioned even more than that, but this is just to illustrate the importance of the point of making these worships, not sticking to one of them. So he sits with this Tawarruk, uh, in, in this Tawarruk position in one of these forms we mentioned earlier and he puts his left palm to cover his left knee leaning heavily on it, leaning heavily on it. What about the case of the woman? The woman is like the man in these postures, because there is no evidence to distinguish them in ruling from men. And in principle, men are like women in terms of the ruling, and women are like men in terms of the ruling, as long as there is no specification for either one of them as long as there is no specification for either one of them like for example the general leadership of the Ummah like the position of judges, the justice, and the like. These are particular to men. However, a woman may take the position of leadership in limited situations, like for example, head of a school, or if she is traveling with some other woman, she may be an Amira for them and the like some of these scholars mentioned like in these postures in some of these postures for example in Rukur in Rukur, we know that the Prophet Sallallahu used to spread himself meaning not in a compact position and keep his elbows away from his sides so some of the ulama concluded that the woman should not do that rather she should be in a compact position also in the sujood We know the separation of the elbows away from the side and the thighs away from the shins. So they said that the woman should not do that. Rather, she should gather herself and be compact. So if she makes sujood, then she puts her abdomen on her thighs and her thighs on her shins and if she is in Ruku' then she brings her hands together not keep the elbows spread away they said that this the evidence for this they said is to be in harmony with the general rulings in Sharia for the woman is called to be shielded and having her self in the prayer in these forms of compact compactness is more shielding than spreading herself in ruku' and or sujood as described in the manner of the Prophet ﷺ. However, this is refuted in the sense that such a reasoning cannot stand to oppose the general texts which indicate that the woman is the same as the man in the rulings. Especially when we know that the Prophet ﷺ said, Pray as you had seen me praying. And this address is general to men and to women. Also this is invalidated if she is praying alone. And most of the time and what is legal for her is to pray alone in her home, not in the presence of men. And therefore in this case there will be no need for compactness as long as the men don't see her. So the preponderating opinion therefore that the woman does the same as the same actions in salah as done though as done by the man in everything. So she raises her hands and spreads herself and extends her back in Ruku' and lifts her abdomen or belly from the uh, lifts it up <coughs> from the uh, thighs and the thighs also from the shins in during Sujud And so she does the same as well in terms of the other positions in Tawarruq. Nothing is excluded, nothing is exceptional for her in this. There are certain situations where she is different in terms of the ruling, like in terms of the cloth covering. and in terms of the recitation the man recites loudly in the Jahriya Salah in the loud prayer and the Sunnah with respect to the woman is to be silent now finishing the Tashahud, what is to be said after that? after Taslim the Musalli Makes istighfar three times. Saying, astaghfirullah. Three times. Astaghfirullah. Three times. I seek refuge in Allah. I seek forgiveness from Allah. Three times. This highlights the greatness of this worship. This highlights the greatness of this worship many people are negligent regarding the Salah in the outward and in the inward actions of the Salah many are ignorant or many are actually negligent of what is required them openly and inwardly many are those who pray with their outwards, not with their inwards. Also, many are negligent in terms of the apparent actions. So you don't find them putting the hands properly, they don't extend their backs also properly to level with the head, or in terms of spreading themselves, and so forth they even may exceed the limit concerning the movements in salah this is all from shaitan this is all from shaitan shaitan reminds him of many things in salah shaitan reminds the musalli about many things and when he finishes the salah, he, he makes him forget them. Until the second salah comes, he reminds him of them. And that's why it is mentioned that a man came to Abi Hanifa, Rahimahullah, and he said, I forget such and such. I forget such and such. So Abu Hanifah said to this man اذهب فصلي اذهب فصلي go and pray So the man went فذهب الرجل وصلى So the man went and he prayed and he remembered he remembered what he forgot before Why? Because the Messenger ﷺ said in the agreed upon hadith that the shaitan says to the person in his salah, remember such and such So Abu Hanifa, rahimahullah, deducted from this hadith that the salah is cause for remembrance Now what's important now is the istighfar after the salam meets a great worship and the the istighfar is needed to compensate for the defects done in the salah we seek refuge in Allah from our defects and we seek forgiveness from Him and that's why it is praiseworthy for the person To end his works and actions with istighfar With istighfar And to end his life Meaning not to take his life But to have at the end of his life The remembrance of istighfar Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Said to his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam إن سورة النصر سورة النصر إذا جاء نصر الله والفتح ورأيت الناس يدخلون في دين الله أفواجا فسبح بحمد ربك واستغفره واستغفره إنه كان توابا when comes the help of Allah to you, O Muhammad ﷺ, and the conquest of Mecca, meaning, and you see that the people enter Allah's religion in crowds, so glorify the praises of your Lord, and ask for His forgiveness. Ask for His forgiveness. Verily, He is the one who accepts the repentance and forgives. Ibn Abbas concluded, concluded, Ibn Abbas عنهما, concluded from these verses, that this is the news of death Of the Prophet That this is the news Of the Prophet's death And Umar Commented Umar Commented and said Ibn Abbas." I don't know any other meaning Other than what you are saying O Ibn Abbas And here the Prophet Said concerning this matter He said إن الله أراني علامة إذا رأيتها في أمتي أن أكثر من قول سبحان الله وبحمده أستغفر الله وأتوب إليه فقد رأيتها فقرأ إذا جاء نصر الله والفتح فتح مكة فقد رأيتها. He said that Allah سبحانه وتعالى showed me a sign. That if I see it in my ummah That I should make Abundant Remembrance of saying Subhanallah wa bihamdi Astaghfirullah Wa atubu ilayh And then I saw it And then he recited these verses Idha jaa wa الله Meaning the When comes the help of Allah And the conquest Meaning the conquest of Mecca faqad رأيتها So I saw it and that's why he sallallahu alayhi wasallam, used to Make abundant Remembrance of Allah saying "Subhanakallahum, Allahumma Rabbana wa bihamdik Allahumma gfir li Rabbana wa bihamdik Allahumma gfir li Rabbana wa bihamdik لِي سُبْحَانَكَ اللَّهُمْ I declare you O Allah free of all imperfection Our Lord wa And by your praising Allahum لِي Forgive me So now after the salah, after the tashahud and after the taslim The musalli says Three times, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. Then after that he says, Allahumma anta assalam wa minka assalam tabarakta yadal jalali wal ikram. O oh Allah, you are salam, Source of peace and security and perfection. Wa minka And peace is from you. And security and safety is from you. Tabarakta yadal jalali wal ikram. Most blessed you, O Allah, the one qualified with magnificence and generosity. Allahumma anta as-salam wa minka as-salam tabarakta yadal jalani wal ikram. The occasion is apparent. It is as if you are saying, اللهم أنت السلام You are salam, Source of peace and security and perfection And you are salam, You are the perfect Free from all defects فسلم لي صلاتي من الرد والرفض So save my salah from being rejected And turned on me See the occasion of this dua Is very apparent Why? Because the salah may be accepted and it may not be accepted. It may be wrapped and thrown at the face of the person himself. We seek refuge in Allah from this, and it may be accepted, and there, those whose salah is accepted. They are the winners. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us and to make us from them and to make us from those who contemplate the Salah and do it in the way that pleases Him subhanahu wa ta'ala and make us remember every time we stand in Salah that we are standing before Allah the Most High and to bestow upon us contemplation and submissiveness and tranquility in Salah Then afterwards, he makes the dhikr, he makes the dhikr, the remembrances. And the dhikr came in different forms, as we discussed earlier, it came in different forms. The first way is as follows, to say, Subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wallahu akbar 33 times and ending with la ilaha illallah Wahdahu la sharika lah lahul mulku wa lahul hamdu wa ala kulli shay'in So subhanallah Alhamdulillah, Wallahu Akbar 33 times. And then ending by saying, La ilaha illallah, Wahdahu la sharika lah, Lahul mulku wa Lahul hamdu wa hua ala kulli shayin qadir. La ilaha illallah, there is no true God worthy of worship except Allah alone, without a partner or associate. Lahul mulk to him. To him belongs the kingdom. Wa hamd and to him belongs all the praise, and he is able to do everything. So this will be a total of hundred. This will be a total of hundred. Thirty-three times three that will be ninety-nine. Plus la ilaha illallah, wahdahu la lah lahu al-mulk, wa lahu al-hamd, wa ala kulli shay'in qadir. The second manner, the second manner to say, Subhanallah, 33 times. Walhamdulillah, 33 times. Wallahu Akbar, 34 times. To say, Subhanallah, 33 times. Alhamdulillah, 33 times. And Allahu Akbar, Wallahu Akbar. 34, so the total will be 100 The total will be 100 The third manner is to say Subhanallah, 10 times Alhamdulillah, 10 times Wallahu akbar, 10 times So the total will be 30 The total will be 30 The fourth manner is to say Subhanallah, Walhamdulillah, Walla ilaha illallah, Wallahu akbar 25 times each. So this will be a total of 100. So this will be a total of 100. Subhanallah, Walhamdulillah, Walla ilaha illallah. Wallahu Akbar, 25 times each. This difference is from the diversification in time. And we know now the importance and the benefits of this. And one should also recite Ayatul Kursi. One should also recite Ayatul Kursi. And it's a protection from Shaitan. And also recite "قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدَ" Surah Al-Ikhlas, one twelve. "قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقِ" Surah One Thirteen, Surah Al-Falaq. "قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ" Surah Al-Nas, one fourteen. This brings the end of the discussion on Salah described, and inshallah in the next chapter we will talk about disliked matters in Salah. Disliked matters in Salah. Disliked matters in Salah. (laughs) Alhamdulillah rabbil alamin wa sallallahu ala Muhammad. وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم